there it is, ladies and gents. We are live. It is Tuesday, and we're ready to rock and roll. Want to put together the ultimate presentation? Hmm. What does that look like? Let's find out. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros! Yeah! <laughs> that deserves some fire. Here we go. All right, all you business pros out there. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, drop a review, help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz to schedule your time slot. Don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Today's guest believes communicating effectively is essential to all people and in all industries. He also believes almost everyone gets it wrong. And from a very young age, our guest showed a special knack for communicating and public speaking. Now, he regularly presents to audiences all around the world about innovation and the power of communication. With decades of experience across a wide range of creative industries, our guest's ability to inspire and collaborate make him an invaluable leader. He's coached leaders of Fortune 500 companies, TED speakers, Shark Tank contestants, and countless business owners to help them communicate and to lead in ways they've only ever imagined. For our guest, it's not just about giving a great presentation. It's about digging to your very core and challenging everything you've always thought about communicating and leading effectively. Get ready to learn how to express your ideas better than you ever dreamed. Joining us today out of Phoenix, Arizona, best-selling author and captain at the helm of the pirate ship known as Square Planet, welcome to the show, Brian Burkhart! James Hernan, mucho gusto. Good to see you guys. Nice to be here today. <laughs> Thanks Pleasure for coming on. Thanks for coming on, Brian. All right. So the guns are blazing. Pa, 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 pa. Looks like we're ready to rock and roll. What's up, Bonnie? Uh, I want to know, you know, this is a business podcast. We're all in business at some point somewhere. What are you selling over at Square Pants? Oh, Square Pants. I almost did the SpongeBob thing. Square Planet. What are you selling over there at Square Planet? You would not be the first to do the square <laughs> pants, let me tell you. Uh, you know what? We sell transformation. It's a great question, but I think the reality is, is that when we work with clients, we want to take them from where they are to a place that they really believe they should be. And that includes every salesperson that's done a pitch, every founder that's started to launch their company and has tried to raise money or acquire people, everyone every leader is forced to communicate. It's just the nature of the beast. And you guys know this, in most organizations, those that communicate really, really well often rise to positions of leadership. So this is a, an essential, a basic skill. In fact, McKinsey did a survey 
that asked uh, a, a wide swath of people, a wide swath of questions. And the results were really interesting. It basically said that of all the soft skills in business, 31% uh, of the respondents felt that the number one thing they needed help with was the ability to communicate better. And so this is a big issue. It goes way beyond the fear of public speaking. It goes into the basics of our day-to-day, -day, just connecting and connecting uh, you know, wisely with those in our world. And so it's a big deal. Communication is is absolutely, I mean, everything from how we learn things, how history gets passed on from generation to generation, how we entertain ourselves, all that is communication. And uh, I remember when it was politically hot at the time, right, when we were going through candidates, everybody critiques the speeches, everybody critiques the, everything that they put out, and it's all based around that same communication theory of Simple is better. Don't uh, speak like a super educated professor when you're communicating with, with people. Try to keep it as simple as possible. Earlier, you know, James was saying in, in, in the intro that people communicate and they learn to communicate. They just don't do it right. What did he mean by that? Well, there's a lot to that. And I think it's one of those questions that can go a ton of different ways. But let me break it down from the very beginning of this notion of complexity. Uh, I like to talk about the three C's of really proper, solid communications. And the first of those three C's is clarity. If you confuse, you will lose. It is just that simple. And that can exist on a lot of levels. We can talk over people's heads. We can do things like put way too much crap on a slide. We can talk in jargon. We can do all kinds of things that make it really difficult for people to synthesize the stuff that you're throwing at us. And so simplifying, really making sure that people clearly get it, it is number one of the three C's of success. The next two are conviction and connection. We have to feel you, man. If we don't feel your power and conviction around the stuff that you're presenting, you're in deep, 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 deep doo-doo. And that connection, you have to be a human being. I mean, think about the way your computer speaks to things like your printer. It uses code and a computer language. That's not how humans are, but often we act that way. And so that notion of clarity, conviction, connection, that's how you get it done. I was watching a presentation uh, that Seth Godin was doing you know, arguably one of the best marketers out there. Seth you Godin. just like his haircut, Hernan. I Don't do lie. love his haircut. I do love his haircut. Uh, but I was watching his presentation and uh, as he was presenting, his PowerPoints were unique in the sense that it was like a picture, a word, maybe a split of two pictures with one word in between. Very, very simple, very, very clear messaging. And then He's adding to it with additional stories and examples and those sorts of things. Is that the kind of clarity that you're kind of describing here? Absolutely. It's very much what I do. I mean, if you, we were doing a keynote, you would see that exact thing on display. And there's a reason that I think people are against this. It's really that they're just unprepared. They use their slides as a cheat sheet, as a script, if you will. And I talk about this on a very regular basis. I always want our clients to internalize not memorize. I want you to deeply know your content. So when you've got things up on screen, it could be wildly nebulous, but it's appropriate and on point for that portion of your presentation. It actually gives you some wiggle room. You can miss a few things and all of a sudden not feel so bad about it because the convergence of what you say and what people see really may not be an issue if it's a, a picture heavy slide. The truth of the matter is more than anything else, our brains are wired to only take so much in at a time. It's hard for us to have this deluge of info. And often when you throw up way too much info on a slide, the audience is reading ahead. They're really not listening. They're not paying attention to you, the presenter. They're kind of in their own little world. And so I want to keep control by limiting what I put in the visuals 
and really making sure that they stay focused on me as the presenter. Of course, that also means having great content that's story-based, but we'll get to that eventually. All right, well, let's... <gasps> let's yeah, let's dip into that a little bit, right? Uh, Donald Miller, story brand. He has his method of making sure that you break down a story so that it's easy to digest, so that it's easy to follow. Uh, for those of you who are going to read his story, it'll ruin every single movie you ever watch. It's Pretty just much. throwing it out there. You're right? going to learn the hero's journey, and you're going to go, dude, I saw the end coming, and it's going to yeah. ruin everything. Yeah. But... That story model, the way he creates a story brand, allows us to follow through and kind of become part of that journey. And he really emphasizes making your client the hero. What do you think of that concept? I think it's right. It's also hard. It's one of those kind of things that in so many circumstances within the corporate entities that we all typically work and serve, that's hard. And if you think about it, even from the notion of pitching to raise some capital if you're a startup or trying to sell whatever it is, a product, a service, you name it. Making the potential or current client a hero isn't always easy. What I talk about is really about core beliefs. It's about the stuff that you stand for. I created a model. It's called the overlap. It's really straightforward. Think of three concentric circles. It's a Venn diagram where those three circles overlap. It's just this little section in the middle. That's the money. That's the sweet spot. And what those circles represent are you as an individual, the stuff that you stand for. At my firm here at Square Planet, it's about elevating people. That's our core belief. And then the firm is the second circle. And so for me, it's a little different because I'm the founder. But for the people that work here, they too have to believe in the notion of elevating people. If not, it doesn't really work. And then the clients we serve, they also have to believe in the notion of being better, of doing new things, of gaining skills, confidence, et cetera, of elevating themselves. When those three things overlap, you're gold. So the hero in my model really comes down to the notion of knowing what you stand for. Of course, that's easier said than done. The vast majority of both individuals and organizations really don't know what they stand for. But those that do, the brands that have figured it out, have really codified it, those are the ones we love. Those are the ones we're magnetically attracted to. It's big and it's based in science. You know, I love how you break that down because it's so true. Finding that ideal customer and and basically coming up with that avatar, that is not the easiest thing to do. Right? And, you know, I'm in real estate. Identifying the avatar, I mean, how strict do we need to get? I mean, it, I, I'm, I'm learning personally as I do this more and more. I do get very, very narrow. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not talking to other people. It just means that my messaging is being narrowed, narrowed. So I'm speaking to that particular individual. It's almost like, uh, you know, if we're at a party and I'm talking to you, but I'm talking at at a at an elevated voice because maybe music playing or whatever. It means that you and I are having a conversation, but those around me might find it intriguing. They might come over and ask a question and do some, you know, maybe do business with us later on. But the conversation was directed at you because you were the ideal person that I was talking to. Is am I getting that? Am I? Does it sound about right? You're spot on, and I'll give you an example that I admit is a little bit harder to pull off. Uh, Amazon now owns Whole Foods, but I want you to think of Whole Foods. And even if it's one of those other kind of grocers, like a natural grocers or a Sprouts, one of those kind of chains that you know where the food there is clean, wholesome, you know, free of like pesticides and antibiotics and all that kind of stuff. Health food, essentially, right? We'll mm -hmm. use Whole Foods because everyone knows Whole Foods. Do you think that Whole Foods sells Oreo cookies? By far and away, the most popular cookie on planet Earth. Does Whole Foods sell Oreo cookies? 
I, that's a true question. I'm assuming they do, but it's not something they would advertise. They absolutely do not. Now they sell a version, the Whole Foods version, Ooh. but it's not going to have you know high fructose corn syrup and saturated fats and all these things. And they not don't their taste core it. value. It's not their core value. It doesn't mm -hmm. taste the same as an Oreo cookie, right? But Oreo cookie owned by Mondelez. Mondelez knows they know they're not even going to make their way to the headquarters and knock on the door at Whole Foods and say, "Hey." Would you sell the most power, most popular cookie on the planet? Because they know that Whole Foods doesn't believe the same things. Their circles don't overlap. And think about it one step further. If you're the guy working at Mondelez, you sell Oreo cookies, but yet your body is your temple. You work out seven days a week. You don't eat anything modified or full of stuff. How do you sell Oreo cookies? How do you sleep at night? The congruence of what you believe, what you stand for, the firm you work for or have founded and those that you serve must be in alignment for it to really work. And when you talk about the notion of things like selling real estate, yeah, you want to limit the number of people you talk to by knowing deeply what it is that you stand for. The things you give it a, uh, a 10, a 10. That's right. I give it a 10 too. All right. So, so if we're narrowing it down, if we're talking, that, that makes me want to play football, by the way, right there. I want to get Varsity into my full, you I know, don't it. want your life. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's my favorite line in that movie. All right. So if, if we're, if we're narrowing down this audience, if we're really focusing in on this person that we want to talk to, um, I heard it before, you know, you should in, in business, for example, who should you be talking to? Be talking to yourself five years ago or talking to yourself as you were just getting started in this particular industry. Uh, how much, and if it's my core values, how much of those core values have to be mine and how, how many of them have to be market related? Like I can have some of the greatest values doesn't mean that there's a market out there for it. Well, that's true. But the thing is that I would tell you more than anything else is that what you're really looking for is something to anchor on that feels congruent. Uh, this is something that I work with at both the highest of level brands that you all know, you know, world leaders like Fortune 100 to brand new startups. People often struggle to figure out what it is they stand for, the beliefs that they might have. It is not necessarily a real huge long list. I mean, ours has been boiled down to the singular notion of elevate people. Now, I, I didn't tell you how we do those things. You don't really know what my background is, what it costs for our services, how long it takes, where I went to school, who's on my team. But if you believe similarly, if you believe in the notion of elevating people, then you're intrigued. And so it doesn't take much to pull people in. The reality is, is that most people just never take the time to think about it. Once you do, though, it can change everything. The part that's so cool is that in many ways, it can also be aspirational. You may not have it in place, but it can certainly be something that you work towards. And that alone makes it kind of a cool process. The thing that really strikes me more than anything else, though, I, I talk about this even in my book and certainly in situations like this. I, really before COVID, what I would stand on a stage and, and be in front of a thousand people, 500 people doing a keynote presentation. I could always see in the audience a couple of people getting very emotional. I mean, like crying and kind of being a wreck. And I always knew it was going to happen, that at the break or at the end of the day, they would find me. And I could see them kind of slowly lurking. And as they'd come over, I'd kind of encourage them. And I'd say, you need a new job, don't you? And they'd, eyes would, they'd get <laughs> shot. How'd you know? It's because what they believe as an individual, the stuff that deeply matters to them, didn't fit with the firm that they worked for. It's no big deal, gang. It's okay. You're allowed to feel that way. 
the thing then is do something about it. Search for the right place where you fit better, where your beliefs are in sync. I love that. I ignored my destiny once. And I don't want to ignore it anymore, right? I want to make oh. it I want to make sure that I make a difference. And the the thing I think also boggles people's mind because it boggles my mind is this whole idea of, of cancel culture, the things that you can and can't say, the things that you're supposed to stand for and not stand for. There's so much social pressure today to say the quote unquote right thing uh in the right way at the right time to the right people. Uh how much of that stuff should we have as part of our core values? Should we be very cautious about what we decide to have as our core value and what we decide to project as our core value? Well, I think this is really where authenticity kicks in. Now, my notion of Elevate People is something that I take really, really, really seriously. And so it's the kind of thing when I have my pod, I, I have a podcast too. When I have guests on that we've you know, brought in from a variety of resources and ways. I don't always know them very well. And if I suddenly somehow sniff out that they don't believe similar things, if they're not really into elevating people, if they're going to put hate before love, I will stop midstream and say, sorry, party's over. This is my podcast. I get to choose. We are done. I have been very vocal, very vocal about things like the previous president, uh, presidential uh, four years and all that stuff. And I have no time for that, literally none. And if people don't like it, fine, don't work with me. I do not care. And so I believe there is plenty of work, plenty of money, plenty of time and effort with those that believe the same things because it's just the right thing to do. And if you don't want to do that, hey, that's fine too. You have your prerogative to do whatever you think is right. But for me, with a core belief of elevating people, you bet your bottom dollar here that I'm going to make sure that I really reach out and try to help as many marginalized people and communities as possible. That matters deeply to me. If people are offended by it, too bad, so sad, move on. That's the way a cookie crumbles. I mean, you can't make everybody happy. You just stick to your own and, and go from there. What are some uh, some practical things, some maybe some tactical things that people can do to help kind of find some of those core values? Because I'm with you. I think we all have them, right? There's a lot of things, you know, even even some of the stuff that goes on in this in the world. I believe I have this belief that most people are good. I, I just honestly believe I don't think most people are malicious. How they go out and implement what they think to be the next good thing that might have other consequences, right? That might that that may be where the de decisiveness comes on. I mean, we play Thanos here on the thing. I mean, he Thanos in the Marvel universe believes he's doing what is necessary for humanity to survive. That's a conviction that the guy has. There are people who have that kind of conviction going forward. So what's some practical technical things that we can do to help people find those things that they care about and make them some of their core values that they can talk about? Hernan, this is the million dollar question, right? Uh, this is going to sound like a shameless promotion. It's really not. It's just answering the question. I'd start by buying my book. It's called Stand for Something, The Power of Building a Brand People Authentically Love. And it gets into a tremendous number of case study as well as uh, basically a workbook, a guide of how to develop your own core beliefs. I would do things like watch the third most watched slash downloaded TED Talk ever. It's Simon Sinek's Start With Why. It's spectacular. I would do those kind of things on a regular basis and it'll really start to prime the pump. The biggest answer though, the one that seems to be the best is I would actually start by doing what I call reverse engineering. So the science about, about this whole thing, it's called cognitive psychology theory. It tells us that our beliefs lead to our actions. Simple example. If you believe that sushi is nasty, raw, disgusting, slimy stuff, 
that's your belief. Your action is to go get a burger or a pizza or a steak or a burrito mm -hmm. or something. Your beliefs lead to your actions. It's really easy to look at our actions. I can list everything that I did today. I can start by what I woke, what time I woke up to when I brushed, brushed my teeth to the work that I did, the people that I called. I can see my actions. If you write that down and codify those actions over time, patterns will emerge. Silly example, things like every day I have a bunch of people that I shoot a little note about happy birthday. Long ago, we recognized that there was a way using things like Facebook and LinkedIn that we could find whose birthday it was today. And so I'll either send a text, uh, an email or a birthday card, depending on my level of stuff there. I know that my belief is that relationships matter. And so my actions are to send a little birthday note. Well, if I didn't know that belief, I could look at those actions and say, hey, I spend time every day wishing people a happy birthday. Huh, I must believe that that matters. You can reverse engineer. And so the big answer, and hopefully that made some sense, is codify your actions, look for patterns, and then you can deduce what you believe based on those patterns. Make sense? Yeah. And I want to know some of these results because I, I, and I've, I, you know, there's, there's a book up, up on my shelf called the thank you economy. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with exactly what you're talking about, enhancing these relationships. One of the beautiful things about having a podcast that's interview based is I get to meet so many people, but that's just the start of the relationship, right? The relationship going forward after that takes effort. It's, it's like, you know, if you, you're not going to have a family with kids on that very first date. Well, I mean, I guess sometimes it could happen, but a good relationship with family and kids, right? On that very first date, you have to kind of court and, you know, take out and develop the relationship over time. It works with every single relationship, maybe not as intimately as your, your, the one that you have with your significant other, but it still takes that effort. You're showing that by sending those thank you, uh, those birthday emails or, or text or handwritten notes. What has that achieved in your life as a result of that? That's a great and humongous questions, right? And it really does come from a core belief. I mean, if you think about the notion that uh, our number one, the thing that it's all built on is elevating people. We have lots of sub-beliefs and making relationships a huge part of what we do around here. That's, you know, one of them. And so I think what it's built is uh, sustainable success. Uh, uh, my company, Square Planet, is, is, is in its 11th year. I had another business before that and we really just kind of merged the two. And so I'm looking at almost 20 years of being in business. I mean, you guys know the metrics. It's something like, and I'm in the ballpark, something like 97% of all businesses never achieve seven figures in sales. Something like 86% never get sold. 90 something percent go out of business after three years. Well, I mean, we've blown past all that stuff. And it's from the power of relationships. And so, yeah, it's going to take more than a text or a birthday card. You've got to do it consistently over time and authentically. But if that's a core belief, awesome. If it's not, well, then don't. But you got to start by knowing what it is that you stand for first. Mm, so many different things that you've that you've gone through. So many different things that you're helping people. And uh, Bonnie just said she ordered the book. Love it. Go, Bonnie, uh, go. I mean, and, and really it comes down to, you know, Bonnie, Bonnie's a small business owner trying to develop, trying to figure out what to do to make her business more attractive, to, to find that ideal audience member. You've, you've spent so much time doing that. Uh, what was the inspiration to writing the book? Like, I mean, you're helping people do these things already. You're helping people find that, that core value and find their messaging. 
Uh, why the book messaging? What, what was what was the 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 thought process behind that? Uh, this is an interesting question. And the truth of the matter is, is a guy that used to work for me, who I was on a Zoom with not an hour ago. He's still an incredibly close friend, colleague. He's actually doing some work for me. Um, but he asked me once in a way that really kind of got my attention. I, I had been working with a client, helping them on a presentation, and it's just such my zone of genius. And I know that sounds cocky, but it's one of those things where I'm just, I'm in my zone. It just feels so effortless that I can help people when they present in ways that most people can't. And he said to me something like, Brian, how do you do that? And I was like, well, I don't know, I just do. And he's like, no, 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 no. We all breathe, like we all just breathe. But if I had to describe how I breathe, I would say things like my diaphragm works and my lungs inflate, et cetera, et cetera. You need to figure out how you breathe. You need to tell us how you do that. And that kind of got me started on this journey of like, huh, I should really break this down, which ultimately led to me putting my book together. Now, it's my first book, not my last, hopefully. And so is it going to win a Pulitzer Prize? No but it doesn't totally suck. It was an Amazon bestseller in a bunch of categories. And so it's not complete hot garbage, but learning and then explaining how you breathe, if you will, it's not easy, but that was the impetus for it. Yeah. I mean, there are so many professionals out there that have massive skills because they've been in the game for so long. They've developed shortcuts. They've developed techniques. There are things that we want to look at, point at. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Thanks, Liam. That's exactly what I was talking about. Uh, and, and and now you're you're doing you've been doing this as a business for twenty plus years. What are some of those common mistakes that you see people make when they're on stage giving a presentation or doing a podcast every single day? What are some of the common mistakes that people make? Oh, these are this is great. Now I'm in my zone, right? Uh, the number <laughs> one thing, like the number one biggest kind of umbrella of over of the whole mistake world, is people are selfish. It's not about you as the presenter. It's about them as the audience. And some of those things include some of the stuff we talked about. If you talk over people with language, jargon, abbreviations, et cetera, that people don't understand, you're being selfish. If you put too much garbage on the screen that people can't see, you're being selfish. If you've been allotted 30 minutes and you go 31 or 45, you're being selfish over and over and over again, every mistake in presentations really comes down to the notion of selfishness. That includes, and this is derivative, it's really the way the brain works here, it's not telling stories. Our brains fire neurons. We learn and engage much more, like at 40% more, basic science, when we're in the middle of a story as both audience as well as storyteller. And yet we have so many presentations where people drone on and on and on and on and never engage with a story. Now, let me take that one step further. Stories, when I say that word, people take that typically to like tucking their kids in bed. It can be kind of an anathema. It's not things people like in the corporate world. Storytelling kind of has an ick feeling. Well, tell parallel narratives instead. Parallel narratives. I'll give you an example. If your company, your business is about efficiency, you move goods and services fast, you can tell a story about things like the Japanese bullet trains, super fast, super efficient. Or maybe you talk about the boat that was stuck in the Suez Canal. That also is a story about efficiency. In this case, inefficiency of what not to do. Either way, that parallel tells the story in a very meaningful way, engages the audience, also helps clarify what your message is really about because we get those things and it moves your presentation forward. 
Don't be selfish. Tell stories. Any particular place I should be looking for my stories? Should I be looking at things that are that are trending, things that are going on in the world that everybody can relate to? Or should these stories be something in my past, something I've personally gone through? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no doubt about it. The answer is yes. We're actually, um, I'm very excited. We are doing something that's called the Pitch Elevator. And it's going to be uh, basically a yearly subscription to a database where we are going to curate stories. We're going to give you the scripts. We're also going to give you visuals, very beautiful, simple visuals that you can actually customize with your logo, etc. And then we're going to show you how to use those stories through mastermind groups, online chats, where we're going to put people in hot seats where they can actually practice and get instant feedback. So that's a resource to get stories immediately. Beautiful, amazing stuff. But for real, things like I just did about the Suez Canal, that's news you can use. And so if you know the stuff that you stand for, the things you believe in, you can put those in really cool story-based ways into your presentation just by keeping your radar open to the what the world provides you. Mm. All right, Brian. So many resources you've dumped on the show today. Everything from the book to the uh, pitch elevator, all these different things. If people want to get a hold of you, if they want to get a copy of your book, if they want to work with you directly, how can they do that? No doubt about it. The easiest way is to go to our website, which is like the cobbler with a hole in a shoe. It's a mess. We're, we're working on it. It's squarepланet.com. Think round earth, squarepланet.com. But I'm all over. Just Google me, check me out on LinkedIn, all the other spots, but squarepланet.com is the best way. All right. You did a little bit of research and you've spent the entire 30 minutes on the show. What do you think about the way we do our show? What kind of feedback can you give me as far as, you know, presentation, maybe the way it booked, how, how you got the, you your can't handle the truth. I'll do my best. I'll, I'll handle as much as I can. Uh, we have something that we call the velvet hammer. And that's from a really deeply held place of love that when I whack you upside the head with a big old hammer, I'm going to at least wrap it in velvet so it's nice and soft. Thank you. The truth Thank of the matter is, I think you guys did a heck of a job. I love this format. You are clearly informed about your subjects, in this case, me. And more than anything else, you were curious. No dull moments of trying to figure out your next question, no thoughts that were extraneous. You were on topic and curious. And to me, that says an awful lot about you as a host. Job well done. Thank you. Yay, round of applause. I didn't have the button handy, but uh, yeah. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Thanks, Brian. I mean, I, I appreciate that. It's, it's you know, we, I was having a conversation with somebody off air the other day, and we were talking about doing this live, like doing the podcast live. And, and there's something about being live, whether you're on stage or whether you're on a Zoom call in front of an audience, whatever it is, when you're live, it really pushes that learning curve a lot faster to get better at your craft, to ask questions, to listen, to be interested, all those different things. What What's your experience been with the live stuff? Has it? I mean, I'm assuming it's helped you tremendously. You know, it's one of those things where it, it really is a, a very comfortable place for me. I feel strongest. You drop me on a stage in front of 10,000 people, I feel awesome. And so for me, I, I'm with you. The thing that's interesting is if you really kind of look at professional athletes or Olympic athletes, they'll often report uh, that when it was time for the Super Bowl or for that big meet that they weren't nervous. They were mm. excited, but they weren't nervous. The body kind of handles those things in a variety of ways, but it really all starts up here. I get excited. I am really, truly looking forward to opportunities like this. I'm not nervous about it, but I am excited. And that's a mental choice. 
And ultimately, I think we can train ourselves, we can be prepared, we can internalize our content, be good students of the game. When the time is right, we can stand and deliver. Mm, that's so powerful. And I, I 100% agree with you. Thanks, Bonnie, for checking this out today. Uh, and I, you know, I tell my daughter the same thing all the time. She gets, she gets nervous before school starts. She gets nervous before soccer starts. And I always tell her the same thing. I'm like, this is what you're telling your mind. So we do, you know, some affirmations before I tell her, you know, you, you repeat after me, I'm excited, right? I am pumped. I'm anxious to get out on this field and tear it up. And like just telling yourself these things and it's, you know, your body's, you're right. Your body's going to feel certain ways, but what you describe, what you tell yourself based on those feelings is completely different. If you tell yourself you're nervous, if you tell yourself you're, you're anxious and you can't go out there and you can't do it, guess what? You're not going to, right? so you're going to struggle. Hernan, you are so right. It's crazy. When we sign up people to do one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, which is a big deal. It's real money and it's real intense. The first thing we do, the very first thing we do is I ship them a gratitude journal. Mm. And it could sound a little woo-woo, but I start saying things like, write down the stuff you're grateful for every morning. And my list is things like, I'm grateful for toothpaste. I'm grateful for contact lenses. I mean, it doesn't have to be, I'm grateful for, you know, world peace. It could be really small, but they stack up. And that all came from a place I actually had did a, I did a presentation and my wife was watching the video of me in front of this large group. And she said, you've lost your spark. And the more we talked about it, the more we realized that I was kind of angry and tired and all those things. And I forgot how grateful I was for that opportunity. I forgot how amazing it was that people would give an hour of their time and open their minds to my message, to my stuff. I'm deeply grateful for that. And now using things like a gratitude journal, it helps people get in the right mental state, helps them realize that these are amazing opportunities to present, to sell, to do podcasts with people, to connect, to build relationships. You, when you think about it the right way, everything changes. Mm, so true. So true, man. And it sounds like the wife busted out the velvet hammer there. <laughs> right at my, the very my, my wife is a <laughs> uh, executive coach and a psychotherapist for rock stars, like the most senior leaders, the biggest entrepreneurs, real, real, real big dudes and dudettes. And so I have a little tougher deal sometimes at home than most. She, she brings the velvet hammer very frequently. <laughs> but it sounds like that's how uh, that's how that's how great relationships work. She's getting that's she's, cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is. Exactly. I'm sure it works both ways. The hammers in both hands. Dan no Hammer. Doubt. No doubt. That hammer line, or at least that that scene where uh, where Captain America grabs a hammer. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. Brian, thank you very much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate your insight and all the information that you've that you've helped us uh, on, on today's episode. Really, thank you very much for coming. Let's on. make sure this is not just the beginning, but certainly not also our end. More to do, Hernan. You and me, man. We got this. I'm I'm gonna learn as much as I possibly can. Can check out a lot of your stuff. Maybe pick up the book. Uh, how do we get the good book again? How can where can we go to find it? Easiest way is go to Amazon. You know, just put in my name or stand for something. But there it is. Come right to you. Easy peasy. Boom. There it is. All right, ladies and gents, we'll see you guys manana. Thanks a lot for checking us out today. We'll see you again. Peace. And Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. 
If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.